What up, retro junkies? This is Michael with the Retro Thought Pod and now Two Dudes in a Ness. I just wanted to say that I am blown away by what the retro junkies have been able to accomplish in just one year. These guys are building a retro empire, and I'm just happy to be a small part of it. Uh, my favorite moments from the show usually involve the skits, but I especially like the Rocky-style Galaga skit that they did. Uh, that one was a classic. E- episode 5 had a pretty awesome skit, too. I think that was the one, 90s arcade and um, zombies. But, uh, you know, that one was kind of overshadowed by Rob's crazy acoustic 90s arcade grunge song. Anyways, keep up the great work, fellas, and don't take so long between podcasts. We miss you when you're gone. Welcome to another episode of the Retro Junkie Super Show. It is episode 16 today, and it is our one-year anniversary of the Retro Junkie Super Show. And it's our pretty much our first episode in the year 2014. So uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Rob, and joining with me today is my main man, Landon. Hello. Uh, my other main man, Nick. Hey, yo. And my other main man, Josh. What up? <laughs> How's it going, guys? It's been a while. It has. And Josh, you know, I, I haven't even gotten to say this yet. Josh is uh, one of our, of course, you know, he's my main man on Turtle Flakes. He's my main man on Genesis Gems. And now we got him here on the Retro Junkie Super Show. Uh, so, Josh, so awesome to have you on here, man. Well, my, my evil plot has finally worked. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Ever That's since right. I heard the first episode of the show, I was like, man, that show's awesome. I gotta get out of there. <laughs> oh, thanks, so. man. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. I'm surprised you were like, geez, these guys are awful. Unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very, very special time uh, for us because right around this time, uh, about a, almost exactly a year ago, I want to say it was late February when, when the first episode released and everything. Um, I didn't check the exact date, but I do know it was late February. was our first episode of this podcast. And um, it was just, you know, something I did not think would be this honestly and Landon I'm sure you're probably the same when we first started I had no idea where this was going I had no idea what was going to come of this I didn't I had no idea it would be this fun and, and just really it's just us being ourselves and I think the greatest thing about it is all the, the good people that we've met through this show you know yeah we really have we've met a lot of, of really like-minded people you know shared a lot of really good memories talking about old games cartoons comics just everything under the sun that made uh childhood so great for us you know and nick you know i consider you a good friend and i never would have met you if it weren't for this podcast so uh and same thing with you josh i never would have met you guys you know and that that you guys are just two huge examples of how awesome it is just to do this but you know overall though truthfully it's it's been a, a very positive reception um and i just thank you all whoever you are thank you all for listening uh, it's just been an absolute blast. So, I guess before we get into memories and, and everything, let's go ahead and get these announcements out of the way. Um, it's been so, <laughs> it's been so long since we've done a super show. <laughs> this is the first one of the year. Uh, we got to talk about Retromania. Oh yeah. Never- well, you know, we had the the tournament. It started January the 18th. We started around a. 11 a.m. in the morning. Had a huge turnout. We had people like, what time were people coming in? They were coming in at like 9 and, they were coming in at like 9 and 10, just kind of, you know, hanging out, getting ready to, to play their games, practicing and, and what have you. And uh, just a really, really big uh, turnout, better than I thought we were going to do. I think 
the I think the final numbers were we had 52 players raised $375 for the family that we were helping out that uh, and that money actually the the boy's mom Luke's mother said that that would pay for five treatments for him at the children's hospital in Atlanta you know and that was that was the big thing was just trying to trying to help folks out but have a good time all doing it and I believe everybody that showed up had a great time well, you know, we had Rob and Kelly Worth. They were uh, they were awesome in helping us put this on and letting us use their store and uh, helping getting door prizes and actually helping uh, get local vendors in the community behind this as well and getting the, the publicity out there. Uh, William Culver from Arcade USA and the uh, ColecoVisions podcast came by. Yeah, I like that guy. I, I do too. He was he was really cool to hang out with. He brought a, a stack of retro magazines for door prizes and everybody loved those and the bumper stickers which were a big hit i think people were wearing those on their shirts by the end of the day <laughs> that said i love retro so yeah uh, i got mine hang- hanging on my wall right now <laughs> we've got ours on the that refrigerator it is, <laughs> is a great magazine um the uh the editor uh william actually writes for uh the arcade usa section of that magazine mm-hmm. and uh i think the the editor no, maybe not the editor but the publisher is uh mike kennedy from retro gaming roundup so it's another uh, retro gaming podcast. Great magazine, great podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I had no clue William wrote for that. Yeah, I'm sitting there talking to him. We had a great conversation. And, uh, I go home and start reading that magazine. There's an article by William Culver. I was like, oh, man, I should have him sign it or something. <laughs> <laughs> He's yes. a great guy. And, you know, and kind of going back, uh, Nick, you, you came all the way out. How long of a trip was that for you, man? Yeah, uh, it was about five and a half hours. Um, the funny story, I was... When you guys announced that, I'm like, that'd be really cool. And I, I Google mapped it. I'm like, it's not too far away. You know, we, 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 we drive that far anyways to go to the beach and stuff. So uh, I uh, kind of proposed it to my wife. But I was like, there's this real cool area we could go hang out at. It's got beautiful <laughs> mountains, the, you know, the, the Biltmore Mansion. And, uh, oh, yeah, there's this retro game thing I kind of want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> but, I was going to say, yeah. I was like, but, I don't you know, know if he's going to mention the video games. <laughs> But you know, we, we we have two kids, and it was a good opportunity for us to uh, take a weekend trip. So we we came down. We got to meet you guys, hang out. My wife even played some games, which was really cool. She she got into it more than I ever thought she would. I know, I know. Yeah. That was awesome to see. That was really neat. Yeah, I mean, because she she plays games here and there, but she's not nowhere near where I am. You know, my my nerdiness. But, <laughs> but it was real cool. We walked in, and I don't think you guys really noticed who I was at first. No, no. I, well, you know how. I mean, Nick's a laid back guy anyway. And you just kind of casually like, oh, hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then my eyesight's so bad anyway, I was kind of standing far away. I was like, hey, how you doing? And I was like, oh, that's Nick. <laughs> and then we had hugs. and Yeah, we did. Yeah, we had the l- romance lot, going on there. A lot of, like, uh, <laughs> you know, orchestra music in the background as we slowly walked up. And <laughs> 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 that was good. But we had a good time. I had really had a good time. It was good to do it for a good cause, and it was great to meet you guys. I always felt weird talking to you all for so long and never actually saying hi in person you know, the, 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 like you said rob this whole podcast world's kind of kind of new to me too i started almost a year ago too and and i, I never was real open about talking to people i didn't know face to face this has kind of opened up my i don't know my my realm a little bit to do that and without yeah. the podcast that ryan and i started i would have never met you guys either you, you got to begin up on a year now too right yeah i think we started in may or june of uh, 2013 so okay yeah it's getting yeah. close yeah and it was an aw- awesome story yeah i heard your all's podcast and just kind of said hey do you care to promote the podcast we're getting ready to start and they just kind of went from there <laughs> so, yeah, yeah yeah well i i love i you know and i'm no you know i hear here i'm contributing the bromance again <laughs> but i uh, i absolutely like your show gets better and better not to say that it was ever bad but i'm just saying like every single episode is better than the one before and uh oh, thanks. the last Thank show you. you did with uh rob 
Uh, so good, so good. And Ryan, Ryan's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you say you say uh, the bromance. I'm gonna share this story real quick. Okay, here we um, go. <laughs> so my, my wife was talking to Rob's wife down at this thing, and uh-huh. she goes, "Have you ever read their text?" Oh my goodness. <laughs> and, and my wife. My wife picked up my phone one day and was going through my text like she does sometimes. I guess she's just making sure, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, doing anything stupid. But uh, she's like, who's this Rob Luther guy? And then she starts to read it. She's like, who is this? You guys are talking like you love each other. <laughs> and, we, and, and the conversation was just like, you know, love the podcast. It's great. You know, good chemistry, blah, blah, blah. She was just laughing. So she tells Rob's wife all this stuff. And I don't I don't know what your wife thought about it. <laughs> no, no, no. As a matter of fact, I've said the same thing to my wife about, about you guys. You know, and I was like, man, I just I feel like... I know these guys. Feel like they're my brothers, and I've, I still haven't even met poor Josh yet. That's probably well, a good thing on your behalf, there, Josh. <laughs> we gotta have a retro reunion. I'll, I'll come down sometime. We'll play some games. Oh, absolutely, man. We gotta do it. Oh, Retromania well, two. At, at least by Retromania two, if not before then. Yeah, that, that that you know what I'd love to do for us all to get together, you know, live and just do a show. No editing. Well, t- maybe, <laughs> for, <laughs> maybe a little bit with my rambling. <laughs> Six minutes of straight laughing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, over, oh, and then another another awesome guy, uh, another awesome podcaster that was there was uh, Michael Kelso from the Retro Thought Pod, and uh, he's got a new um, podcast out now called uh, Two Dudes and an uh, NES. Love that show too. Uh, he showed up, so that was really cool and. It was just, it was a good day. It was better. Than, I didn't expect it to be a bad day, but it was still be, ex, exceeded my expectations. I'm just excited to do it again. Yeah. And then we got more good news. Um, Retro Gaming Times Magazine is now on our website, uh, uh, retrogamingtimes.com. Uh, uh, long, long running magazine that's been around, I think, since the late 90s. It's a free magazine, and just writers uh, from all over the country contribute to this monthly magazine. Brian, the editor of that website, who also created ours, um, has moved everything over to our site, which is which is really awesome. Like I never ever thought that would happen. So for those of you who who might be interested in contributing to the magazine, just send us an email um, to retrojunkies at theretrojunkies.com, and uh, we'll talk. It'd be great to have more uh, contributors. All right, we want to do some uh, awesome shout-outs to some podcasts here. The first one goes out to the Retro Thought Pod. Uh, we talked about Michael Kelso a little bit ago. It's an awesome podcast. They just talk about anything retro. It, I know they talked about games, movies, serial, TV shows, everything that you could think of retro from you know from our childhood, our generation's childhood. Uh, they talk about it. It's a good show. It's funny guys. They're, they're real laid back. Uh, I know Michael and his brother and a couple of their friends do it. And it's, it's just a real funny show. So mm-hmm. go check them out. Um, they're on Facebook, iTunes. They're, these guys are actually on everything. They're on things. I've never heard of. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, they, they're really getting the word out there. And they're, uh, you know, M- Michael's a great part of the uh, Retro Junkies community. So, check yeah. them out and support them. And also, Michael has another podcast with his friends called Two Dudes and a Ness. Uh, they're going to cover game by game Nintendo games. So, you know, from the worst game to the best game. I know they're getting ready to cover Ghostbusters and they're getting a little <laughs> bit of a, a, a little bit of a pushback on that. Like, why are you covering it if it's so bad? But sometimes, you know, like the angry video game nerd, it's kind of cool to hear about the bad games. So, so give them a check. And then uh, another one we want to give a big shout out to is some local friends of mine, uh, the Cartridge Freaks. This is Andy and Cody. Uh, these guys are awesome. They mm-hmm. they find the best stuff for the cheapest price. And it, it makes me a little jealous because they always get to it before I do and when they're in the same town as I am. So they, they'll get buckets of games for like 10 bucks, 20 bucks, no, hardly anything. And, and it's probably two, $300 worth of games in there. So they, they talk about their fines and then they pick one game per show to cover and review so it's a real good show real laid back guys most of these podcasts we talk about are very laid back so it's just a real good real good chance to listen to some good podcasts so check them out they're on facebook itunes uh 
you know they're on the Retro Junkies website, of course. So give them a give them a check, support them, give them a like, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and and all, all three of those shows uh, really, you know, they're all. Th- new shows but i i really enjoy them i really do and it's you know speaking of the all the podcasts and everything like how do you guys listen do you guys listen maybe on your way to work or see i I try to i try to listen you know uh in the mornings when i'm getting ready for work and on my way and everything and how do you guys find the time to listen yeah i have a uh, 40 minute drive to work and 40 minute drive back so i get a lot of podcast time yeah and then uh sometimes i try to work out it doesn't go so well and i'll I'll listen to podcasts while i'm trying to run and trying to stay on my feet so (laughs) nice how about you landon uh mainly just going to work and and taking the kid to daycare and try to do it when i'm out doing yard work like in the summertime i'll oh yeah i'll hook the ipod up and go outside and mow the lawn and and listen to the podcast so that's usually about the only time i have to listen to it really (laughs) um i'm a lot like landon um except uh the problem is i don't have a commute to work much at all it's like actually four miles because i just moved here for uh, i moved actually moved to michigan for work so we moved we're running a house right by so uh i used to have a three-hour commute uh once a month and i get a ton of podcasts in there and back but now (laughs) i've got five minutes so I usually listen, uh, like uh, Lana was saying, if I'm outside shoveling snow or mowing the lawn or whatever. Or if I'm outside, I'll listen to it. Or uh, if I'm doing the dishes, um, <laughs> which Stacy really appreciates that. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'll tell you what, man. I, I'm, I'm far more productive, like with my chores. I actually look forward to doing chores. I'm like, oh, cool, I can get uh, caught up on my podcast. I'm stuff, the same so. way. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> Um, and speaking of podcasts, uh, got a couple more we'd like to just, you know, give shout outs to, you know, um, Ferg's Atari 2600 game by game podcast. If you're an Atari, a huge Atari fan, he covers a game each episode, sometimes two, and he is one of the nicest guys in the podcasting community. Think very highly of him and his show, high quality show. And I think he's up to like 50 some episodes now. It's incredible, um, how dedicated and how consistent, uh, he's been. So big shout out to him. Uh, the next one is ColecoVision's podcast. Uh, we mentioned this earlier. This is uh, William Culver and uh, SoCal Mike, Mike Kennedy from Retro Gaming Roundup. Uh, it's a great podcast about ColecoVision. Not just the ColecoVision console, but uh, ColecoVision as a company as well. Uh, they made uh, the Cabbage Patch dolls, actually. <laughs> they, in their first episode, they mentioned that. It was kind of funny. Yeah, and they do uh, the ColecoVision handhelds and stuff like that. But uh, William and Mike are definitely uh podcasting and retro gaming veterans so it's a really great show with a lot of good information mm-hmm. i highly recommend checking them out i believe it's ColecoVisionsPodcast.com, uh or it might just be ColecoVisions.com. uh make sure you put the s on there it's not ColecoVision visions with us and then uh the next one is no quarter podcast uh and that's a great arcade podcast where they review games uh, i think they play through mame don't they yes yes yeah and uh, I know one of the hosts, Carrington Vanston, mm-hmm. he did a uh, an awesome Apple, I think it's an Apple II podcast called mm-hmm. uh, One Megahertz, mm-hmm. and that's where I first found, uh, heard about him, and he uh, does a great job. He seems really passionate about retro gaming, and uh, Carrington, if you're listening, you better do another uh, One Megahertz podcast, because I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got, he's got to be like one of the funniest guys in, in like the retro gaming podcasting, so I, I, I don't know. That, that show, uh, No Quarter, cracks me up every single episode, so... Uh, just, just a great uh, quality show, great uh, duo there. Uh, just think the world of both of those podcasts, ColecoVisions as well. And I think ColecoVisions is covering Smurfs next, so that'll be good. If you, if you like Sega, the Sega Genesis in particular, check out our Genesis Gem show. We finally started that back up, and it's pretty much just uh, me and 
the hosers that are, the other hosers that are on this show. So uh, uh, we just cover a, you know, a game every other week, and uh, you know they're kind of shorter shows. We kind of keep it a little bit more focused on uh, one particular game. We don't really talk about other topics and things like that, like we do say in this one. But it's a lot of fun, and uh, you know if you're a big Sega fan, again, it's Genesis Gems. Just find us, uh, Google us, find us on iTunes, or and the next one is Turtle Flakes. If you're a big Ninja Turtle fan, uh, you can check us out. We're on uh, iTunes and we're on Facebook. And then uh, hopefully, we've also started this... I should have brought this up at the very beginning. We also started this Retro Junkies Network, uh, which is pretty much all of the shows that we just mentioned in the same RSS feed. So uh, usually there's you know at least one episode, you know maybe every other day or something like that. So there's always something coming out. And, you know, like we said, all the podcasts that we just mentioned are on there, and there are more coming soon. Like, I know there's talks of uh, another potential uh, like cartoon podcast that wants to come on, so um, if you have a family-friendly podcast and it's uh, it deals with retro topics, we'd love to, we'd love to talk with you and maybe uh, see if we can share your show. It'd be awesome. Our final one, our final podcast, is the NES podcast with our friends Nick and Ryan. Mariah and Carey. Mariah and Carey. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I love that. But check Nick and Ryan out. They have a really good podcast dealing with everything from the, the 1990s. Really, really liked Really loved the first one. Uh, and the talk about the... Was it the first or the second one where you talked about the World Series with the Braves? Well, the first one was the Cincinnati Reds World Series. Ah, I liked yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought it was kind of cool how you... Mix in sports uh, and just a lot of different things from the year, even a movie. So it's it's sort of uh, the '90s. Uh, they go year by year and they do the year in review, and they talk about like one or two things from multiple categories. So even if you're not specifically looking for a video game podcast, there's other stuff in there too, which keeps it really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Great show. Great show. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I just want to hear you guys talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, we, we have a good time. We, we just introduced a new segment. We were covering three topics a, a uh, episode, but um, it got a little, we got a little hectic, so we do two topics, and now Ryan does this cool little uh, section. We call it Ryan's Random Retro Roundup. And I like it. Yeah, he kind of does like his little news segment. He'll talk about, uh, you know, the, the big devices that were this year, the artists that got in trouble, and all. It's, it's really neat. And I don't, I don't know what he's going to talk about, so it's kind of fun to, to I, I get surprised as soon as he comes here. So <laughs> That's awesome. All right, uh, another really cool thing uh, we want to say uh, at the top of the show here is that uh, the Retro Junkies Network is taking part in an Extra Life charity. Uh, and this is all something that Michael Kelso from Retro Thought Pod and Two Dudes um, and an, a Ness started. So a uh, big shout-out to him for starting that. Um, and I didn't know – at the time, I didn't know a whole lot about it, but uh, I've, I'll actually read the description here. And it's it sounds really, really like a, a really good thing here. It says um, – this is the website, uh, extra-life.org. The Retro Junkies are on a mission to save kids through video games, and we need your help. Each of our podcasts has chosen their local Children's Miracle Network hospital, where thousands of children are treated each year regardless of their family's ability to pay. These kids are facing scary stuff like cancer, cystic fibrosis, and injuries from accidents, to name just a few. On October 25, 2014, we'll be part of a huge international celebration of the social impact of gamers with Extra Life. Over the course of 24 hours, each show on the Retro Junkies Network will play video games with some of them streaming live for you to watch and join. It's our sincere hope that you'll find it in your heart to support us with a monthly pledge or a one-time gift that will go directly to that team's member's chosen hospital. 
Your donation is tax-deductible and all the proceeds go to help kids. Last year, Extra Life raised more than $4 million to save kids. But in 2014, our goals, just like the needs of the kids we serve, are much, much higher. We can't do this without your help. Donating online is safe and easy. It's time to erase the stigma that video games are bad. So pick up your favorite podcasts and show some support. So I think that's awesome. That's an excellent thing that Michael started there. We will give you more details once we know more details. So, sounds great. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, it is our show's one-year anniversary. So, we're going to break out the, the birthday cake and the pats <laughs> on the back and just kind of talk about the, the year in review, so to say. <laughs> well, yeah, like, Lana, what, what is one of your favorite memories, either with the podcast or just, like, starting the whole thing? You know, is there something that really stands out to you? I've got several. Probably probably the one that stands out the most to me is the, the first show that we did, or... I think it was first show, the, our favorite games, or maybe that was two. I got it pulled up here. Let me look. Our first one was first gaming memories, and then the second one was our favorite games. I really loved the, the our favorite games uh, episode just for the fact that I went back and actually played my favorite game and, and just kind of relived playing it for the first time. Uh, if you've not heard that one, go back listen to it. It's a, it's a great one. Uh, mm-hmm. Another one I really, really liked too, and it was a week, well, not a week, but a show later, uh, was the third episode where we did the games that we absolutely hated. <laughs> That's our, uh, what was yours again? Dash Galaxies? Dash Galaxy and the Alien Asylum. That's what it was. <laughs> and mine was Pac-Man for the 2600. Yeah, uh, was there any, like, kind of skit or something? or, or I really like the Freddy Krueger skit. <laughs> me too, me too. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> I had fun trying to do that voice. Well, hey, you just throw a little bit of echo on there, you sounded just like him. Nah, you're, you're too kind. <laughs> That was all Rob's editing magic. In no that. way. Yeah, right. Now, speaking of editing, I, I just want to go ahead and say I apologize for, again, the audio and stuff uh, in the in the first two episodes. I really messed that up. Uh, ah. I didn't. No, I, I did. As a matter of fact, I think the first episode I used different software. I think I didn't use Audacity for the first one. I wanted to say I used something else, but uh, I, I had no idea what I was doing. I uh, still don't, but I hide it better. But, uh, yeah, th- definitely want to apologize for that. But, yeah, I mean, again, it's been fun to just chill and talk about games and just, you know, do it in a kind of a uh, casual way. And uh, uh, I, th- I think for me, uh, one of the episodes that, to me, that was my personal favorite, uh, and I hope it doesn't come across like we're tuning our own horn here. It's just I'm talking about when I say favorite, I don't say, oh, wow, we did a great job on that episode. It's more like I had a lot of fun in that was um, the arcade episode, the oh, 90s yeah. arcade one. Yeah, where we went back into time. That was cool. Uh, I still can't find that whistle. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that one was one of my favorite episodes. Uh, and I really like, again, the, the Freddy Krueger one that you mentioned. Let's see, that was one of the later ones. And I really like the uh, Skate or Die episode. That was, uh, fun. That was a, Yeah, that was the first time we got to talk to Rob McCallum. And uh, we also got to see Rodney. And you remember, you won the Halfpipe Tournament, man. I, I did. <laughs> you've, done, you've done quite a bit, man. This past year. <laughs> Trying to be the Ryan Seacrest of retro gaming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so how about you, Nick? You know, you hopped on board, I think, in episode 10? Yeah, I think it was the, was it the Ninja Gaiden episode. I, I believe so, but like, I mean, you were really just part of the community way before that. So, like, is there anything that stands out to you about this past year? Yeah, and I hope I don't get too long and uh, you know dramatic here, but uh, I'll kind of go into when I first uh, kind of met you guys and, and listened to your podcast. I, I had been listening to podcasts for the past two or three years, and I, I got kind of involved in another podcast, just emailing them, and they'd read my emails and stuff. And, st- and uh, I kind of, with a long draw- drive to work, I'd run out of podcasts every now and then to play or listen to. 
So one day I was like, I'm going to find a new podcast. So I just typed in retro gaming on iTunes. And then I see a picture of uh, Axel and Max from Streets of Rage. I'm like, whoa, that looks cool. <laughs> let's let's try this out. So, you know, I downloaded an episode. I'm like, this is cool. These guys are just nice guys. And, you know, I, I had a problem with a lot of podcasts I listened to because the language. And I couldn't listen to it around the kids. It's a little embarrassing to listen to, you know, from my wife and stuff because it was just, you know, <laughs> F-bomb this, F-bomb that. This is an F-bomb great game, blah, blah, blah. And I, when I heard you guys, I'm like, these guys just sound like nice guys. And I was kind of waiting for curse words and never heard them. I'm like, they just sound like nice, family-friendly guys. So um, my favorite episode is what you talked about, the arcade episode, because I loved your skit in that one. Uh, and I loved, oh, thanks, man. I, I loved the way it ended with the Turtles 3 poster. And, yeah, that, <laughs> we're going, we're going. Yeah. <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, oh, this is my kind of podcast. So it was around that time I was listening to you guys and, and a couple other podcasts from just, just normal guys, you know, people who worked for a living, didn't work video game editors. So that's when I got a hold of Ryan. I'm like, let's start a podcast. Of course, he's like, uh, okay. <laughs> you know? So, uh, you know, it was a little bit of a train wreck at first, but I, I reached out to you guys finally. I never wrote in to you all. I, I was always a little nervous to do that anyways. And I remember just I'm sending the Retro Junkies Facebook a message and saying, hey, do you guys care to promote NES podcast you know I'd, i think i just asked for permission to spam your wall is the first thing i said i, I don't want to come out here and look like an advertiser and um you know try, try to annoy everybody but uh so i did that and of course rob comes back within an hour i think you know oh great man sounds great let me know when it's up and blah 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 so and then once uh once you guys heard it we started talking more and i think we started genesis gyms it just kind of went from not having any podcast to being in three or four of them so right but that, that's that's my favorite memory of of just the retro junkies of what your all's podcast did for me i mean if it wasn't for you guys i probably wouldn't have started a podcast and probably wouldn't oh, i definitely God. wouldn't be on this show but but that that's my favorite memory of the network and of course my favorite episode like i said was the was the arcade and i love that skit i think you guys are <laughs> some of the first people to ever do a skit within a podcast so that, that, that i've heard and i thought that's that's genius and i love oh, i love oh, cheesy man. jokes and it just it, it was right up my alley I'm like these guys are they're my kind of guys so <laughs> oh, dude thank you so much well honestly you know uh just just kind of going back uh to what you said earlier i mean landon he cusses all the time i have to edit it out whatever it's horrible no, no way. you do no way <laughs> every time he cusses he just you just edit over it with hoser <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no matter what but yeah like a yeah. terrible tv dubbed dude you are such a hoser hoser <laughs> Yeah, dude, uh, that means a lot. And, and you know, wh- I got I got to say, you know, since we're talking about podcasts in general, where where did you come up with the idea for your show to just just pop in your head one day? Yeah, I, I had been thinking about it for a long time, and I'd always tease Ryan because he make fun of me because I get so excited <laughs> when uh, it's a podcast called Factory Sealed. They'd read my emails every week, and I, I, the first time <laughs> they ever did it, I sent him like a screenshot of the of the podcast exactly what second it was on like you got to listen to this they said my name (laughs) on a podcast i'm so excited and and that was kind of the kickstarter because it they 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 even said that's a really good question real good email and good points and i I thought huh maybe i'm not so stupid after all (laughs) and uh, so so after that i just started talking to ryan and he he was kind of okay for the deal you know he's he kind of talks a lot anyways in in his profession i won't go into that but um so you know it was just kind of a let's try this let's see what happens and of course he was like okay you know (laughs) i just showed up at his house one day with my laptop and we started talking and but uh for the idea for the nes podcast i kind of answered a different question there um i uh i don't know i just wanted to do something different there's so many just podcasts out there that just talk about games and don't really have a good niche. You know, you guys had your skits and just your, I, I love the trivia you all used to do where you would say like, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, we need like, to do that again. Who's the, I ca- forgot all about yeah, that. Yeah. You would go like, who's the character in turtles with the mask and a hockey stick. You know, and I, I thought that was so cool. <laughs> and it, you guys did a lot of new, new things. And I really wanted to come up with something that 
wasn't the same thing, but I did want to talk about retro games. So I, I told Ryan, because <laughs> yeah, Ryan, he likes old games, but he's not as into it as much as I am. So I, I kind of hooked him in with, mo- he lo- he's a big movie buff. And of course, he loves sports. So I kind of hooked him into that. And of course, he'll play the games with me. And it's kind of funny because he'll he'll be like, ah, I don't like this game. <laughs> and I'm over here like <laughs> nerding out about, love this game. It's, it's a real cool dynamic with us, but that's kind of how it came about. I just wanted to do something different, something someone might actually... Uh, you know, see and go, that sounds interesting. And of course I came up with the acronym NES just so I could get some more listeners. Cause when you type, that was pretty clever. Yeah, that was good. When you type in NES and iTunes, we come up one of the first ones. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I remember uh, talking to you at the very beginning and stuff and I thought it was the coolest premise. And then when I actually heard the show, I was really, really impressed by how, how well you and Ryan played off of each other quality quality show so check that out thank you appreciate that absolutely man <laughs> uh so how about you josh uh, you've been a huge part of the retro junkies like community and stuff. is there anything that stands out to you um well like i was saying before i used to commute to work and i'd have a three-hour drive once a month and i uh the very first podcast i ever started listening to was retro gaming roundup which is great again, show. one of my favorites it's awesome it's six hours long <laughs> i know i don't know how so, they have time they have time to do all that that high quality stuff i mean that's a, that's six hours of quality retro gaming stuff there i mean they've got some awesome interviews with uh, like the guy who designed the vetrix um jay smith they've oh, cool. they've interviewed other game developers i mean it is it is basically a college course in retro gaming it's awesome nice but uh for some reason, I think I went to work twice in one month, which normally didn't happen. I was out of uh, podcasts. I was up to date with it. Didn't have anything else to listen to. Uh, so I decided to check out the... I just. I think I just pulled up on my iPhone uh, retro podcast and you guys came up. And uh, I've been hooked ever since the first episode. Um, I think to me it was really cool because I could tell that you and Landon were friends outside of the podcast. No and, way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rob. And uh, I guess you guys, are, it's always happy, it's upbeat, there isn't any bad language, and it's just a lot of fun to listen to, and, you know, when I would travel to work and stuff, I didn't really know many people in the area, so I was kind of lonely, so it was kind of nice, like, almost like having company, you know, two guys that are friends, and then <laughs> it's cool that we ended up uh, growing to become friends, and uh, absolutely, it was just a lot of fun. I, I always remember, after I'd listened to an episode, uh, I'd post to the, your Facebook wall or whatever a lot. And I think that's kind of how we got, we just got introduced after I listened to your turtle podcast. Uh, that was awesome. Your two turtles episodes. I love those. Those are <laughs> some of my favorites. Um, oh, awesome, and, man. and I think we ended up uh, talking and that's how turtle flakes got started because uh, you guys were talking about doing a spinoff and, and you offered me to, uh, to join. And really I wanted to be on retro junkies a little bit more cause I knew it was so awesome, but I was <laughs> oh, like, you know no what? I'll, I'll get there someday. I'll, I'll, I'll trick them somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that's what today is all about, me tricking them. Yeah, but, them yeah. Me and Josh um, used to work backstage. Like, How can we get on the yeah. show? How can we get here? I knew it. I knew it. I was the roadie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think my favorite episode is probably uh, actually Zombies Ate My Neighbors. I love the skit that you guys did for that one. Oh. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, thanks, man. <laughs> and you, I love when you're talking to the zombie and it's just like, oh, you're like, put the game in the system. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Like, and I think it kind of... Again, it kind of showed how lighthearted the podcast was, and there aren't a lot of people that just make up skits and do them, and uh, it's it's really cool. It keeps things fun, and you never know you never know when you guys are going to transition into a uh, into a skit or whatever. You know, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, so, thanks, man. Uh, yeah. I'll I'll start from the beginning. I, I want to try not to get too sentimental here on the podcast. I mean, it's a gaming <laughs> podcast for crying out loud, but still, I was I I remember I was sitting um, I was helping Landon out uh, moving. 
it was a couple years ago. Well, no, no, it wasn't. It was only about a year ago. It was about a year and a half ago, yeah. Yeah, and I was sitting there in the restaurant, Bojangles Restaurant, (laughs) right right around uh, where his new house was. I was waiting for him. And I, you know, I had just listened to one of my favorite podcasts, The Retro League, and I just love that show, and I follow it religiously, you know, still to this day. They, I mean, they always put out a consistent quality show, uh, excellent show. If, you, if, you, if there's anyone out there who's not heard of it, um, it's on iTunes, one of the most uh, popular uh, retro shows, one of the most high-quality ones. So I was just listening to that. Uh, on the way and then I I was finally sitting there at the restaurant uh, waiting on Landon I was only there for about 10 minutes and I was like man I'd love for Landon and I to do something like that one day maybe just start a podcast and just you know kind of have fun and just talk about games you know and I was going to pitch the idea to Landon and Landon's a you know he's a really laid back guy I mean you know we finally got in there and I was like hey man would you ever want to start a podcast one day and he just kind of looked at me and he's eating his biscuit he just looks at me and kind of goes sure (laughs) and it was was like it was just like that and it just it was uh, it was that easy, and then I think like a week later, uh, we started the show. Um, no, 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 no. I take that back. We started the Facebook page first, and that that uh, uh, was probably in November, and then we started the podcast uh, right around this time last year, uh, right around February. So it was that it was that easy. And the cool thing is, we're a bunch of hacks. Uh, <laughs> really, really, I still feel like I I listen to myself on the podcast and I cringe. I mean, I I cannot stand hearing myself. Me too. Yeah, I know. Josh doesn't even like hearing <laughs> me. I can't stand hearing you guys either. <laughs> I think my no. favorite, actually, my favorite retro junkies memory is when Rob Luther told himself to shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> about five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite moment. No, um, but we're a bunch of hacks, but we had fun. Just, just meeting so many friendships throughout this. Uh, people I never would have met. I never would have met you, Nick. I never would have met you, Josh. Uh, if it weren't for this thing, I never would have met Michael, uh, Ferg from Atari 2600. Uh, so many other people. I, I know I'm just blanking on names, but so many other people that I consider very close friends. James from uh, XS Gaming Podcast. Never would have met him. Um, and this is just one year. It's, it's been incredibly fun. I know I don't want to belabor the point, but it's just been a blast. And I look forward to doing this for for a long time. And I want to apologize to the listeners uh, because at times, a lot of times I bite off more than I can chew. And I think, well, hey, you know, I'll do this, this, and this, and this project, and this project. And then um, sometimes I just don't have enough time to dedicate to all of them. And th- I take the blame for us not being consistent in our recording schedule. Because I know that's a big a big um, thing for podcasting. You, you know, you got to be consistent. And I, I dropped the ball on that. So I want to apologize you know, to the listeners uh, for, for doing that. A lot of times I'd reschedule. A lot of times I'd have to work or I didn't plan as much as I needed to for the show because I had other things going on. But my goal for 2014, and uh, I think it's, you know, all of us are in agreement with this, is to try to keep the show always on Saturday mornings and rotate the Retro Junkie Super Show with Genesis Gems. So both shows will be bi-weekly. So, uh, you know, just every Saturday we were either recording one show or another. So... So that's that's definitely the plan, and hopefully we'll stick to that. All right. So shall we get into the retro games we've been playing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's my Metallica moment yeah. there. All right. So, uh, so Lane, we'll start with you, my man. What retro games or pickups have uh, you found? Uh, let's see. I've been playing a lot of uh, 1942 on the NES. The, nice. the World War II shooter, I love that game. Been playing that, and in honor of the Winter Olympics, I've been playing ice hockey USA versus Canada a lot. 
<laughs> Please tell me uh, we beat him in the video games. Oh, we beat him like five to one in the video game. <laughs> yes, nice. <laughs> but other than that, I've, I've really not been playing much. Of course, I've been playing our game uh, that we're going to go over today a little bit, but that's uh, that's about what I've been up to. I'm always playing way too many games, but uh, <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> finally beat some more current games i was playing so i i thought it was finally time and landon you'll probably appreciate this it was to dig back into chrono trigger i have never beat that oh game. Yes. yeah i have never beat that game and i, I found it at a GameStop for the ds they, they made a remake mm-hmm. a few years ago and i thought you know that I, I play more games on my 3ds than i do anything it's just easier it's with kids you can just pop it open on the couch if they're playing so I, I finally thought, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finally beat this game. And I'm farther now than I ever have been. So that's good. That's, that's a good start for me. I'm about five or six hours into it, and I'm really enjoying it. So Chrono Trigger is one of those games that I always have a hard time trying to put 30 hours or more into a game. I, I, I did it with a lot of current games like Mass Effect and things like that. But I always this was one at the top of my list to go back and play because I always remembered how cool it looked, the story with time travel. It just sounded awesome. So I've been playing a lot of that. Um as far as collecting goes, I'm always on the lookout for, for cheap stuff. I, I posted a video on the Junkies Facebook uh, a week or two ago, and uh, for $10 I got a good stack of games. Uh, n- nothing real rare or expensive, but uh, I got games like Tecmo Pro Wrestling and uh, what else was in there? Uh, Jaws. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. It, it was Tecmo Pro Wrestling, and then I got Populous for Super Nintendo. It's a old Peter Molyneux game. I've been really wanting to play that. And then also got Strider on the NES. Those were the three games that really... Uh, wanted me to get that lot like i said it was like five dollars to win five dollars to ship i think there was like 15 games in total and i can't remember the other ones because i really only won those three but uh, those were good games to get they're kind of nasty and dirty so i gotta I, they're on my desk right now to clean is before i put them up on my uh nice little game case thing but uh, i uh yeah, yeah I, i'm always on the lookout i've i've you know we're, we're trying to save money right now, so I'm, I'm not as uh, anxious to go out and buy everything as I usually am. But uh, if I see something for really cheap, I usually pick it up. But uh, yeah, that, that's really what I've been up to. I'm, I'm hoping to get Chrono Trigger finally beat and actually say I beat it. And <laughs> I can actually feel like a true retro gamer. <laughs> <laughs> so who's your favorite character in Chrono Trigger so far? I'm, I'm loving Frog. Yeah. Oh, good call. Yeah. Man after my own heart, I love Frog. <laughs> he, he's pretty <laughs> awesome. So. I love a theme song. Oh yeah, and I think uh, uh, Daniel Tidwell, the guy that does our uh, our intro and the Genesis Gem intro, I think he, mm-hmm. he does a version of that. It's really good. So. Very good. Yeah, it starts off with the acoustic guitar and rocks yeah, out. Yeah. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> well, how about you, Josh? Well, well, lately I've been playing my Commodore sixty four. Uh, I, I had I a saw problem. that. Yeah, I'm I'm a really huge Commodore guy because uh, my very first gaming memory is actually it's a, a an Atari twenty six hundred game where. Uh, I think you're a bear trying to catch honey or something. But <laughs> I, I vaguely, vaguely remember that game. But I really remember the Commodore. That was, like, really my f- the first console where I knew games. And I was I was learning the load command before I knew how to read. <laughs> I just, I, I love the Commodore 64. And I had one that wasn't working. Uh, William was, was going to come over and we were going to play some pit stop. And my Commodore wasn't working. So uh, I actually found somebody who was, like, f- 10 minutes away from my house that repairs Commodores. And uh, not only does he repair them, but he also um, modifies them for uh, Jiffy DOS, which allows them to load games faster. So I got my Commodore fixed, and I got it upgraded with Jiffy DOS, and I got my disk drive upgraded and fixed as well. So uh, there's a ton of great Commodore 64 games, and uh, actually uh, the game that we're going to review today I just found out has a uh, a Commodore 64 version. So uh, I'll play that and let you guys know how it is. 
But anyway, so I've been playing a lot of Commodore games, uh, particularly winter games for the Olympics. I posted some uh, pictures of that, and I was uh, I showed some people at work, and they thought that was really funny. They, they really appreciated that. And, uh, of course, I've been playing um, on my ColecoVision games. Uh, William was kind enough to, to give me Galaxian for the ColecoVision, and that is an awesome game. I love that. Uh, really great. And uh, Frogger on the Commodore 64 is really awesome as well. And that's... Uh, oh, I picked up a... Uh, a Sega Nomad. Uh, I think I mentioned that on Gems. So uh, I played some X Men and uh... Sunset Riders. I saw that. Yeah, Sunset Riders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> game. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't pass it up. I think his normal price on it was like twenty, which is pretty fair. And I think he gave it to me for ten since I bought the system. And I was like, ah, I can't pass that up. <laughs> That's a great game. Pretty much it for me. Um, I also picked up an extra ColecoVision, and uh, there's been some contention over who wants it. <laughs> I, you know, SoCal Mike from uh, ColecoVision's podcast, his broke. And I've been talking to William. I met him, and uh, I knew that SoCal was looking for one. I was in a game store, and I found one for forty-six bucks. And every time I had seen a ColecoVision, they're normally like eighty. Wow, yeah, it's cheap. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna pick it up for SoCal. I don't know if he needs it. And I was like, if he doesn't need it, somebody's gonna want it. So I bought it. I'm gonna get it. Well, we'll, we'll find <laughs> out, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Brent Dolan and I kind of have a little contest going on here. So uh, it, let's just put it this way: it'll be mine. <laughs> she He's not here to mine. defend himself. Oh yes, <laughs> she, she will be mine. <laughs> Billy Madison drop. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, the, I guess the only thing about the Coleco is that the controllers aren't great. So one of the controllers isn't working. I gotta see if I can get the guy to replace it. But uh, I actually, uh, William had a video on uh, modding controllers, and I actually just uh, I modded a Commodore joystick and an Atari joystick with micro switches. So they're really responsive now. It's pretty cool. Yeah, check out Arcade USA uh, YouTube. He's got that video on there on how to mod controllers. That's awesome. Uh, well, for me, I am still hooked on Crewball. <laughs> I'm still playing that game. <laughs> I am, I am. Oh, gosh. I don't know if anyone knows about this or not, but for those of you who might not have played uh, Crewball, it was originally, it came out for the Sega Genesis in, I think, 1992, I believe. And it was originally supposed to be an uh, MTV licensed game uh, based on Headbangers Ball, the f- uh, famous show that they had in their, the late 80s and early 90s, dedicated to heavy metal. Well, for some reason, MTV didn't want to pick up the game, and they slapped the Motley Crue license on it, you know, roughly about the last minute. And uh, anyways, I always kind of really enjoyed this this pinball game, and uh, I found a way to earn a high score on it uh, very, very easily. So, you know, but, you know, I just like to post a picture up and be like, yeah, yeah, I earned it the hard way. I got skills. Poser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, really, all it is, okay, the, the way the pinball um, boards are laid out, there's three tiers. And at the top tier, there's this swivel head uh, that goes back and forth, and his name's Craig. And, um, Craig! <laughs> <laughs> who apparently still owes us money. <laughs> so, you know, he goes back and forth, and, you know, eventually, I think you hit him about 20 times or so, and eventually he'll, uh, he'll blow up and you get an extra ball and lots of points. Well, I found a way to bank it off behind him, and the ball stays behind him. And like, I don't know if it's a glitch or something, but it stays behind him and blows him up right away. Uh, so you can get, you know, 18, 19, 20 extra balls in the first level. And uh, that's why I had such a high score in that. So my record right now is 28 million, but I know I could go higher than that. But, you know, again, if, if you're glitching the game, is it something to be that proud of? Probably not. But it looks cool. <laughs> so I've, I've been playing a little bit of that, and I've been playing another game. It's this Australian um, developing company called Hovel Games. It's a game that they developed called Christmas Invaders, and it's a very, very good game. It's just a Space Invaders game, but it's all Christmas-themed, and you actually 
instead of going back and forth with a joystick or anything, you actually tilt the you know mobile device or iPod or iPad that you have uh, back and forth, and you can shoot that way uh, or move back and forth that way. And it's cool because you know you can share your high scores on Facebook if you want, or it, it can store your high scores if you want. I think if you shoot Santa Claus, <laughs> you can actually get you actually get more points. So, but yeah, it's it's a free game. Uh, you can find it at the Apple Store. Uh, they have a website. Just Google it, and you can find it. Um, it's just again, it's Christmas Invaders. It's a fun little game. I really like it. And as far as pickups go, I stocked up on some Genesis games. I got. From uh, Nick uh, DeMarco, a.k.a. Atari Man, I got Spider-Man, Rolling Thunder, Double Dragon 5, Bulls vs. Blazers, um, or I'm sorry, Bulls vs. Lakers, not Blazers, um, Sonic Spinball, Cool Spot, Toy Story, and I think that was it. Uh, I just bought a whole bunch of games that I'd, I'd never played before, so uh, each and every one of those. Maybe one of these days I'll actually have time to play them, but... Uh, and then William, I gotta give him another shout-out. He donated two awesome complete-in-the-box Genesis games. Uh, MiG-29 Fighter Pilot, uh, which is cool because it's got the KB sticker with $60 still on it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I wonder how old that is. Or then he got, uh, or donated LHX Attack Chopper, uh, completing the box. So, so thank you so much, man. All right. Um, well, shall we get into Castlevania for the NES, gents? Yes, it. absolutely. All right, I'm pumped up for this one. Okay, here we go. Castlevania was released in May 1987, which uh, actually is relatively early in the lifespan of the NES. Um, and the, the first year, uh, the NES was released in October 1985 in the U.S. And uh, for all of 1985 and uh, a good part of 1986, all the way up to October, the only developer was Nintendo themselves. So um, there were all Nintendo games and uh, all, a lot of uh, arcade ports like Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Donkey Kong 3, Mario... Pinball, all the the Nintendo developed titles, um, and then uh, in October 1986, uh, you had Bandai, Data East, Capcom, and then Konami first came on the scene uh, in December 1986 with Gradius, uh, mm. which is an arcade port, right? I mm-hmm. believe it is. Yeah, um, it's a pretty good game. Uh, and then they had uh, Russian Attack in '87, Track and Field in '87, and then Castlevania in May 1987. So really, this is. To me, this is Konami's first real uh, blockbuster title on the NES system, and it's, again, really early in the NES's life. I mean, this game was released... Uh, the only game that's really similar to it, in my mind, is uh, sort of uh, Metroid by Nintendo, but there weren't really a whole lot of side-scrolling platformers other than Mario and Metroid at the time. I mean, this was released before Skater Die, before Metal Gear... Um, before most of the you know the staple Nintendo games that you really think of, uh, even before Punch Out, I mean it's really early in in the time of the NES, and uh, I just wanted to point that out because uh, I think the game is excellent with controls, music, graphics. I mean for a really early title, it it absolutely blows me away. Um, I mean it was even released before Zelda, so it, really early and oh, really yeah. great. And I just I just wanted to start off with that to give people perspective of. Uh, you know when this game was released and what else was out at the time uh, because there really wasn't a whole lot i actually didn't know it was released before zelda that, that's new to me huh yeah, actually zelda's release date i think was uh the original zelda i thought was uh this this month came out on the uh, nes Might have been wow last month. yeah huh. 
Well, I, you know, just just a testament to its success. Matter of fact, that this game was directly ported, like you mentioned earlier, Josh, uh, to the Commodore 64 in 1990, uh, the Amiga in 1990, and DOS in 1990. Uh, then it was later ported, of course, to the Game Boy Advance in 2004, the Wii in 2007, and you can get it on the 3DS and the Wii U right now. Castlevania is just about everywhere, so... Didn't they make a PlayStation 1 port of it, too, the Castlevania Chronicles? Oh, yeah, that's right. They kind of redid the graphics and everything in that. In that. It was still 2D, and they even uh, redid the music. They had, like, an arranged mode where you could actually listen to, like, electric guitar versions of the songs. Uh, yeah, it was actually a very good uh, remake, I'd say. And that's on the PlayStation Network, uh, that Castlevania Chronicles. You can get that digitally for your PS3. Nice, nice. Didn't Simon have red hair in that one? I think he did. Think he did. Yeah. <laughs> Never knew he was a redhead. <laughs> so, all right, guys, before we get into, you know, the gameplay and the music and everything, Castlevania, I mean, that's an iconic game for the for the Nintendo. And, you, I, Josh, I 100% agree with you. I think this is, was a huge breakout title for Konami that kind of put them on the map. Uh, I mean, the games before that were still very good, but a lot of them were ports and everything. This was, this was great, and this was their first big hit. Um, let me ask you all. Um, Landon, we'll start with you. Uh, what was your first memory playing this game? Uh, probably my first memory with the series was, do you remember the, the cartoon Captain N, the Game Master? Oh, yeah. Uh, Simon Belmont was one of the uh, side characters with him on that show. And that's kind of where I first saw the character, saw was introduced to the game, basically. And after watching that show when I was little, I remember seeing that game, asking if I could get it, so I got it, and I absolutely loved it. It was like one of my favorite games as a kid growing up. The The monsters kind of scared me at first, <laughs> and they got scarier. Like, I remember me and you were talking just one day about Castlevania 3 later on, about how when you would kill the bosses, they would do that groan. Oh, I can't. I still can't handle it. <laughs> and how that was just scary. The The visuals in, in the game were really, really good. They the, the monsters looked like the monsters they were supposed to be. Like, Frankenstein looks like Frankenstein. The the mummies look like mummies. The vampire bat kind of looks like... It looks like a vampire bat. It's got a funny mouth, but... <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, he's too happy to be a bat, but... Uh, he's smiling. <laughs> he's a happy bat. Uh... But, you know, all the classic movie monsters were represented is what I really liked about that game. You know, you had the, the creature from the Black Lagoon and the Fishmen and the water-type levels. You had Frankenstein. You had ghosts. You had skeletons. And then you had Dracula at the end. So, I mean... Yeah, it was, it was pretty much everything, you know, a horror movie fan could ever want. Well, how about you, Nick? What was your first Castlevania memories? Well, my first memory of Castlevania was playing, uh, you know, the second Castlevania, Simon's Quest. And oh. I, I remember getting that game one year for Christmas, and uh, I remember playing it and thinking, this game is so hard. I don't know what to do. Why does this <laughs> message keep coming out in the middle of the night? I don't really care. Um, I remember, uh, I can't remember if it was a cousin of mine or somebody, uh, said, you need to play the first one because it's so much better. So I remember renting it one weekend, and uh, I just fell in love with it. I, I love, even as a kid, I was probably only seven or eight years old when I first played these games. I mean, I love the mu the music was just so cool. It had like a it, it almost started off as like a rock song and then kind of went a little creepy and I, every stage had such a unique track and I, I was so yeah I had no clue I was going to be a musician at that time and I always pay attention to the music and I was always able to hum the tunes but that that really drew, drew me in and then the fact that you're using a whip and his name was Vampire Killer I mean that was so cool and uh, I, I love the upgrading features of the whip you know it goes from a, just a regular whip to like a chain whip and you keep you know it gets a little longer and everything I, I thought the whole premise of of using a whip instead of a sword or something, which is so cool. 
So that, that kind of drew me in too. You don't see many, very many games with a guy using a whip. So that, that drew me in. I, I remember playing this game and it being hard as all, all get out. I, I still can't beat it, um, you know, without cheats or something. Yeah, I, I can get through Contra. I feel like Contra is an easier game than this. And a lot of people, I don't know if they might disagree with that. I can beat Contra with no cheat codes, but I can only get through the first few stages on uh, Castlevania without, without getting too mad. But uh, yeah, it, it was a huge part of my, uh, just part of my, my what I learned I liked in gaming because as the years went on i mean when symphony of the night came out i was just like oh my gosh this is the best game in the world and and then when when that style of gameplay changed from you know the linear platforming to the more what they call the metroidvania style game uh i got really hooked then too so this this game of course was the start of of something great that just got better and better as the year as the years went on and uh there's a i don't know if you guys listen to any of the ign podcast uh the, the playstation podcast there's a guy named colin moriarty he wrote a really cool piece about how this game gets overlooked when you talk about Castlevania because Symphony of the Night came out and it was just such a such a huge change in the way that they, these games played. Of course, it took a lot from Super Metroid, but it started that it started the Metroidvania just craze that all these games are trying to do. And uh, he he really he wrote this real cool piece of just how Castlevania One is overlooked and shouldn't be, and how great of a game it is, how great the mechanics are, and and how difficult it is, but it's a good difficulty. It makes you want to come back and play for more. So, I I, I would agree with that. Does, I, th- I think it gets a little overlooked in the whole scheme of Castlevania games because I, I I had to go back and play it just to to respect it again. I'm not, I'm not saying I didn't respect it, but to to get that appreciation again that okay this this is it's a platforming game, but it's a hard one, and I really enjoy that. But yeah, as memories go, I I played like I said I played the second one first, and then I was able to jump into the first one afterwards, and it was much better. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about you, Josh? You know, I have to absolutely agree with Nick and what he said about it being overlooked because I was the same way. Um, I played Castlevania Symphony in the Night, I think around the time it came out, maybe like 97 or something like that. A friend of mine had it, had it and uh, played it and I was like, wow, that is really amazing. And to me, I really liked the fact that it was a action RPG, you know, that you could actually uh, get new items and stuff like that. That was really, really cool. But uh, Castlevania itself, uh, I was never interested in the uh, in the franchise at all. Uh, I mean, my, my parents didn't, we didn't really do horror movies and stuff like that. So the, uh, the theme never interested me at all. So I, you know, I had heard of it, but never played it. Didn't have any interest in even trying it. And then, um, I saw Symphony of the Night as I was growing up. I guess I didn't really realize, I didn't really associate it with Castlevania. I just thought of it as a cool game. It wasn't until about 2009 that I first played Castlevania and I'm not even really sure why I played it. I think it might have been due to an angry video game nerd or something, but uh, at that time, you know, I'd been getting a lot into retro games, and uh, I mean, I kind of always have been, but I just remember people always raving about it, so I was like, alright, I'm finally going to give this game a try. And uh, I was completely blown away. You know, I love Castlevania. From the first time that I tried it, I was like, wow, control is amazing, and music and graphics, just everything, it completely blew me away. And then, you know, I like I was saying earlier, uh, this was released before Contra and in 87, and I'm just like, I couldn't believe that I had overlooked this this gem, this awesome game. Uh, and I love it, and it's one of the few NES games I've beaten. And then and I'm going to qualify that. I had to use save states, so not legitimately beaten. But uh, the game is incredibly hard, but I loved it so much that I wanted to beat it, uh, and... So the only way I could possibly beat it is with save states, but I really, really love uh, I love this game. Definitely underrated and overlooked. I guess, like I was saying, my first memory was 2009, so it was a bit different for me because I uh, didn't like the theme really and wasn't into it. And then uh, aside from 
the the franchise and everything else just on its own merit of the game mechanics uh it's excellent wow i i, I never knew that uh, th- that you just uh played it for the first time a few years ago that's crazy yeah yeah oh, wow well you know uh for me i didn't have this one growing up at, le- at least not not right away i had the third game uh, I actually owned that, and that was actually my introduction into the Castlevania series was the third game, Dracula's Curse for the NES. But I remember watching the game over at my neighbor's house when I was really little, and I only remember the first stage because I remember the little zombies or whatever they are. They look like witches or something. I don't know what they were. But they, they'd raise their hands in the air, and they chase you in the first stage, the very first level of Castlevania. And I remember seeing that as a kid, and I was very young at the time. I was probably about four or five. It's one of my earliest video game memories. And I remember seeing it at my neighbor's house in their basement. It was a Christmas party, as a matter of fact. And it scared the life out of me. You know, some, you know, you look back at now, you're like, wow, I was a wuss. But yeah, back back then, I mean, that, that stuff really scared me. And I never had that game until probably the mid-90s when I actually traded, uh, I want to say it was a... WCW game for the PlayStation, I believe. WCW versus was it WCW versus the World or something or World Tour? Oh, it wasn't that one. It was uh oh gosh, it was Thunder. Thunder. It was yeah, <laughs> that was a bad. It was yeah, it was it's not one of their better games. No. Good trade, man. Yeah. <laughs> Big trade, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, at, you know, at, right, right. At the time, you know, it was still. Uh, WCW was still obviously around and everything, and uh, you know it, those graphics at the time looked better. Uh, <laughs> now I'm not so sure, but yeah, I traded somebody for that, and I played that for the first time. You know, I started with three, then I played two, then I played the first one, and then I played Super Castlevania, and then eventually I played uh, Symphony of the Night, which you know a lot of people consider the crown jewel of the series, and understandably so. Uh, and yeah, I love this game. Um, I, I really do. Uh, and I didn't actually probably play it till the mid-90s. It was probably just before Symphony of the Night came out. So, Nick, would you like to talk us through the gameplay real quick? Sure. Uh, you know, Castlevania, it's uh, you know it's an early Nintendo game, so you got lots of just linear platforming. I don't, don't want to say linear, but side-to-side, uh, side, you know, you can jump up and down. Uh, one of the things I think uh, people complain about Castlevania, but I think it makes it kind of a unique game and, and makes it just more difficult, is that your whip only goes in one direction. You, you got a straight whip. You can't whip up, you can't whip down. It's just a straight whip, which makes your strategy change a lot. You can't, you know, like in Contra, I always relate everything to Contra. In Contra, um, you can <laughs> shoot that gun diagonal up, down, left, right. You know, and, and enemies are coming everywhere. And uh, it seems like Castlevania may have just a few less enemies in Contra, so it makes it a little harder to try to, you know, you, like the Medusa heads coming up and down. you got to time that attack. Oh. you got to time it perfectly. So a lot of this game isn't just button mashing and jumping. It, it's there's a lot of timing, a lot of strategy, learning the patterns. So it, it's, it's much more deep than it is at the surface, because at the surface you see a platforming game with some action. You know, you jump, you hit, that's it. But really it has a whole lot of strategy you really got to get involved with. But, uh, you know, it, it kind of goes, the cool thing about Castlevania, m- most of the games kind of cover just the castle. So each stage of the castle is kind of its own area of the castle. So, like, you know, you come in the entranceway, you have a, what was the first boss, like a bat or something? Was it? Yeah, the the happy bat. Yeah. Was that the- it was the bat. It was the happy bat. And so, yeah, yeah. And, and the cool thing about the boss battles, it wasn't just how fast can I hit this guy. There was a lot of strategy involved. And it, like I said in the Genesis Gems, I have cheap tricks. So, like for the first boss, my cheap trick was get the axe superpower or whatever you call it, a secondary uh, weapon. Mm-hmm. And you get behind one of those blocks and you duck. And it, and it can't for some reason it won't it won't come in and hit you. So when it comes around, you just start throwing those axes like crazy. And you can kill it real fast. 
That's strategy, Nick. Yeah, like my, my, my strategy <laughs> involves cheap tricks. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so each stage has its own little boss, and you're going up and down the stairs of the castle. And I thought the environments were just so unique and so diverse. You, when, when you go to the next area of the castle, it's it doesn't look like the first area. So it really keeps you keeps you motivated to keep playing the game. And the music's always great. Each stage has its own thing. New enemies on the stages, so it's very diverse. Like I said, at the, I always say this, but like at the surface, it looks just kind of plain and boring but this game is to me it's so deep with just the the way it presents itself the presentation of this game is fantastic so but yeah, yeah yeah gameplay you know like i said it's 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 your typical platform with a whole lot of strategy involved <laughs> first of all let's talk about the graphics uh then i guess we can talk about you know maybe the controls and stuff graphically uh i have to say this has got to be one of the best looking games uh at that time uh, to me, it really does. I love the little skeletons in the background. I love the um, as soon as you're walking into, well, heck, the the very first scene in the game, there's a cutscene. That's kind of cool. You know, you see Simon Belmont actually walking across the gates of the castle, and then he opens it up. I mean, nothing really major happens, but it's still pretty yeah. neat, you know, for an early NES game. And then um, you've got the the castle itself, and you know, you see the wallpaper in the background actually just peeling off, uh, and uh, the enemies. I mean, the sprites in the game look fantastic. And like Landon mentioned, the diversity of all, you know, all the different kinds of monsters that are in the game. You know, I just, I like scary stuff. I always have. And this just totally uh, delivers on that front. Um, so what did you all think of their graphics? I thought they were awesome. I mean, the, especially for the year that it came out in, the early NES, it was it was really, really ahead of the curve graphics-wise if you look at some of the other games. You know, I like the fact, like Nick said, the backgrounds of the levels are so diverse. You know, you're not just going through, like, a huge corridor the whole time. There's different areas, you know, the the vertical platforming levels where you're going up. I really like that. That was a change back then as opposed to the, to the horizontal platforming levels. But graphics-wise, it's... It's still one of my favorite, I guess, graphics-wise NES games ever. I mean, you see, you see a lot of people, like if you look at retro art and stuff, people that you know use video games as art. They use Castlevania quite a bit because the graphics were so good and so recognizable. Yeah, for, definitely for the time. I mean, it, when, you, when you look at a game like uh, we covered it in the NES podcast, Battletoads, it came out the end of the uh, Nintendo's life cycle. It had some real cool detail and. Being that early, I mean, you think about the other games that were out at the time, like even the original Zelda, like I thought it looked a little bit, it's a great game and I, I hope people don't lose listeners for this, but <laughs> I don't think it held up as well as Castlevania does with graphics because um, all the sprites are real clear. I mean, he, he looks like a, like a guy walking, you know, even the animations of him walking, he has like his cool little strut, you know, like the Simon <laughs> Belmont strut, you know, just do some dance for that, but uh, I, 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 I love the animations, but everything about it is just, I don't know, I, I really like the graphics, even the enemies. You can you can tell what they are, what they're trying to be. So yeah, I, I think for 1987, the graphics are just great. I have to agree with Nick, and uh, I mean, absolutely. If you look at Zelda and look at Castlevania side by side, I know they're two different genres, but if you look at at uh, Castlevania, all the bricks, all the water, everything is textured. There's it's it's really it almost. And it sounds funny saying this on an NES, but it almost seems higher resolution. Like the pixels, pixels are smaller because there's so much more detail in the background of Castlevania than a lot of other games. Like classics, Punch Out and Zelda. If you compare the graphics, there's, I mean, Castlevania is so much more detailed. And even games that came out after it, like even Skater Die or Fester's Quest um, or Ghostbusters, all those great games. 
decent graphics, but uh, Castlevania just completely blows it out of the water. And it's it's an earlier game, like we were saying. It's I always thought it was neat. There's a lot of information at the top of the screen. Um, there's actually a lot of text up there and a lot of information, which isn't really that common for an NES game. And uh, one one just interesting thing is uh, when I play Castlevania on my handheld uh, my handheld Nintendo, the NES on a chip, it actually cuts off uh, the first letter of score, player, and enemy. It's kind of funny. Huh. <laughs> I don't know why that is, but yeah, it's it's funny. So there's something to be said about playing it on an original NES. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely true. And there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot up there. You know, you've got your own health up there. You've got your secondary weapons. And speaking of those, a lot. That's another great thing about this game. There's lots of uh, lots of different things you can get in this game. And it takes strategy to decide which secondary weapon you need for certain bosses. Like you might need the axe for the the happy bat. You might need the uh, the clock for the Medusa heads. You know, and and uh, some of the other secondary weapons. Uh, you had the knife. You had holy water. You had the boomerang. Uh, you had um, oh, you had that thing that would actually turn you invincible for so many seconds and then would go away. Uh, so that's really neat. One weird thing about the game is the currency system. You actually every time you hit a candle, it drops a heart, and that determines how many secondary weapons or how many times you can use your secondary weapon because you can only equip one at the one at yeah, a time. Yeah, and that, that's a feature that's held steady through the Castlevania series, too, which I just thought was cool, because usually hearts mean health, and right, it, it right. just it, it kept on. Even the, like, I love the Castlevania games on uh, Game Boy Advance and Nintendo DS, and even there, you get the hearts, you get more power for your secondary weapon. Right, yeah, and you would think, because, you're, and then you think, okay, well, then there's no money in the game. You know, the heart is the currency. But then there actually is money you can find in the game. You know, you knock over certain things in the walls, or you knock a block over, or something like that. And you will find currency, and that contributes to your high score instead, which is kind of an interesting dynamic. And I kind of wonder if did Simon's Quest have a high score kind of thing? I don't think it did. Yeah, yeah, I want to say it didn't. And maybe Dracula's Curse kind of went back to that format. But uh, yeah, it's kind of different because this is an action, you know, uh, side-scrolling adventure game, and you're not really playing for points, I guess. At least that's never when I was a kid. That's never what I really cared about. But, uh, uh, yeah, that, so the money actually goes towards points. And, you know, anytime you kill an enemy. Actually, Rob, uh, as I w- uh, we were talking about earlier, there was a, a Nintendo versus arcade game mm-hmm. w- with Castlevania. And in that, you would be competing for a high score. So oh, I don't neat. know if that's why, yeah. Let's see. So l- let's talk about the bosses. So, you know, the first stage, uh, we have, let's see, the giant bat. The second stage, we have... Uh, the Medusa, the, the Lady Medusa, you know, the, the giant one. Third stage, we have the Pair of Mummies. Fourth stage, we have Frankenstein's Monster and Igor. And fifth stage, we have Death, which was, to me, the hardest boss in the entire game. And then uh, the last stage, uh, stage six, we have Dracula himself, who has actually two in- incarnations. You've got uh, regular Dracula, and then when you kill him... You, you get this, like, blue gargoyle-looking Dracula uh, monster form thing, and uh, you have to kill him. But the nice thing about the last stage, at least, is the fact that you start... Uh, when you die, even when you get game over, say, if you die three times trying to fight Dracula, you start off right at the steps again, so you don't have to start at the very beginning of stage six. So maybe that's why Dracula doesn't seem as hard to me to beat as... Um, death was. Landon, we'll start with you. How far did you get, you know, this this time around? I made it to Frankenstein and the, the Hunchback. Oh, yeah. that That's a hard boss. That's a hard fight. 
Because you have to kill the hunchback and then go after Frankenstein after that. Right, right. Yeah, and, and then the, the little hunchback guy, I mean, he, he jumps around and he's actually shooting fireballs at you at the same time, so yeah. you got to avoid him. He's really hard to, to pin down and just whip. Yeah, I was around the same area. I, I was even using them. I was playing it on the 3DS, and their uh, their version has save states, and I was using, even using save states, and I couldn't, <laughs> I, I could hardly get past that part. <laughs> How about you, Josh? Uh, same thing. Yeah, Igor is really, really <laughs> tough. I yeah. mean, yeah, he's probably, I would say, second hardest, and um, yeah, you, you can't beat death. No. Death, death is ridiculous, and uh, actually had to do save states throughout that battle. Like, I'd get a couple hits in and do a save state, and then, you know, get a couple more and have to do a save state to be able to beat him. The the, <laughs> the pattern on the screen of his projectiles is like, there's nowhere to hide. Right, it's right. crazy. Well, it's, it's kind of cool, like you were saying, when you die, you start off at the beginning of the level. And uh, again, with this being an early title, I don't know that there was a ton of titles that did that. And also, you have a health bar, and you could take several hits, which, not a, I mean, I don't think a whole lot of Nintendo games did that at the time as well. Right, yeah, that that's a good point. And obviously, you know, the stronger enemy you were facing would take more hits away. You know, because I, I, I want to say, you know, each and every boss, they could hit you two or three times and you're dead. You, yeah, and you, know, you have to use the right weapon for the right boss, too, which was something cool for an early game. Right, yeah, kind of going back to that strategy, you kind of have to decide which weapon you're going to use for which enemy, and you almost have to, mem- you know, memorize their patterns. E- even just, the, you know, the, the minor enemies, like the skeletons who throw the bones, or, uh, like Landon said, the... Um, the fish people, the creatures from the Black Lagoon, I guess. I got to stage five, but I could not beat. Uh, I, I got so frustrated. Right before you get to death, uh, the boss of the fifth stage, you've got this huge platform of these knights holding shields. Not only do you have to fight them, and they take you know five or six hits with your whip, you know, maximized because there's like three different versions of the whip you can get, and the third one is obviously your, the highest. Um, Again, upgradable weapons. Early NES game, pretty sweet. Yeah, that's just saying. I agree. (laughs) I agree. Uh, And there's this platform where you have to kill all the knights. Meanwhile, you got Medusa heads flying around and everything. There's no pattern. You just have to hope that you can hit the Medusa heads and the knights at the same time and move forward a little bit of time. And it is a long, long hallway. It just seems. It seems like you kill about five or six of them, but usually, you know, I, I never, I never made it past that. So, at least not this time around. I did beat it uh, twice before. Uh, once with a Game Genie and then once um, without one. I think in the late 90s. But uh, <laughs> since then, I haven't even gotten close. As a matter of fact, Landon and I, uh, we, we played together not long ago. It was, uh, uh, and I think we made it to Frankenstein, didn't we, Landon? Yeah, we did, and he, he owned us. <laughs> he owned us, yeah. Stupid Igor. <laughs> yeah, it was Igor, wasn't it? Yeah. I hate that little guy. <laughs> little bugger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, so, so let's talk about the music. Well, actually, you know what? You know what would be nice? If we had a sweet guitar track we could uh, lay lay out here. Well, I, bet, I bet Nick could lay down some face-melting guitar solos. I think he could. <laughs> I think it could happen. Nicky Van Halen. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
definitely one of my favorite soundtracks of, of all the NES. So, and that's what inspired me to learn the very first stage, which is called, I believe it's called Vampire Killer. When I Googled it, that's what I believe that's what they're calling it, which is also the name of Simon's Whip, right? The, Bel- the Belmont Whip. Vampire Killer. Yes. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I, I love the music. Every Castlevania game I've played, um, and I haven't played a lot of the new ones on, like, PS3 and stuff, but it, all the ones I've played from Nintendo, Super Nintendo, the Game Boy, every, they have great music. Even uh, Castlevania Adventure on Game Boy, like, that game's not really a good game, but the soundtrack itself is almost enough for me to keep playing it. So, so yeah, the, the original Castlevania is definitely up there with, like, Mega Man 2 to me. So, yeah, I, I love the music, and it's just... The style of the NES, I'm always impressed by how they can do so much with so little. And what I mean by that is just... You know in some games when you like shoot a gun, some of the track would cut out? Like you can only use so much so much of the of the music. I don't know what that's called, layering or something. But uh, you can only use so much of it. And what they could do with the little bit they had with Castlevania was just gorgeous. It had like a very classical type rock sound to it. And and, and, and being a, a rock guitar player, heavy metal, whatever you want to call it, I'm, I'm always influenced by that kind of stuff. So some some of the scales they'd use during the, the solos and things, I can actually incorporate into what I play in, in, in real life. So it, to me, that, that music is just fantastic. It, it has a good blend of... Uh, of kind of like a happy feel, and it kind of goes into like a little bit of a creepy sound. Uh, when I played Vampire Hunter, like the very first part of it's like like that kind of has a cool like happy feel, and when it goes into the next part, that do 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 like it, it has a yeah has a real cool like minor type feel to it. So I, I love the diversity in the songs and how it can kind of blend together like that. So I could go on for hours. I won't to bore to to not bore you guys and the listeners. But yeah, definitely one of my probably top five Nintendo game soundtracks. I really enjoyed the music on this game as well. Uh, you know, it's it's some of the most iconic NES music out there. I mean, the the Vampire Killer soundtrack. Uh, I think of some more. This one didn't have bloody tears in it, did it? No, that was actually uh, Simon's Quest, I think. Yeah. I was going to say, just just that series. I mean, it's some of the most iconic video game music out there. Mm -hmm. And like Nick said, it's 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 up there with Mega Man 2 as far as music goes for me. Nice. That's that's very uh, high praise. Yeah. What about you, Josh? Uh, I have to agree with Nick. It's it's probably one of my favorite uh, soundtracks on the NES of all time. Uh, it's really like like Nick was saying. You can actually hear different layers of instruments. You sort of have a almost almost like what would be drums and bass and guitar. You know, you can you can hear. There's three distinct layers of of you know of music going on at the same time that kind of come together. And it is impressive that you know when you when you use the whip, it doesn't cut out the soundtrack. Like Nick was saying, I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of my favorites of all time. Not only is it it's it's te- technical, it's impressive, it sounds awesome, it's iconic, but it also matches the game and the themes of of the castle and everything and the you know the whole horror theme. I, don't, I just feel like it 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 fit really well as you know with what the game was supposed to be. Um, and I think some of my favorite some of my favorite original video game pieces or I guess renditions of original pieces are from Castlevania um, Descendants of Erdrich I think does uh, Bloody Tears from Castlevania 2 and uh, Daniel Tedwell also does an excellent version of uh, some Castlevania music no I agree definitely yeah I, I'm, I'm with you guys uh, I think the Castlevania soundtrack is personally uh, one of my favorite soundtracks of all time you know uh, and and it, it seems like it's a consistent like Castlevania is known for its music it seems like and the, you know the three that were for the NES they were all very very good um, and I, I, one of my favorite tracks is actually uh, stage three I think it was called Wicked Child the name of the track or the name of the stage 
Uh, it's just so good. It's so good. And um, I can only echo what you guys mentioned about, you know, the technicality of it and everything. But it's just, I can't remember the name of the composer, but uh, she, I, th- I want to say it was a woman, and she did a fantastic job uh, uh, with this soundtrack. Uh, it, it was f- truly phenomenal. Uh, I think it's one of the strongest suits of this game. Um, so, okay, guys, let's get into a different kind of assessment here. Were there any kind of gripes? Is there anything that just drives you nuts about this game, or anything that you would consider a flaw? Probably my only big gripe, and I know a lot of people say this about the Castlevania series in general, is uh, the levels where the Medusa heads are coming at you, and they hit you, and they knock you off the platform. Right. The the knockback is one of the, the things that I don't like about the enemies, but, you know, other than that, that's that's probably my only big gripe about the game. Yeah, Landon stole mine. <laughs> I, I'm the same way, because you'll be going through a level like, oh, I'm doing great, and you jump on a platform, and something comes and hits you, and, and, and it's impossible to land on the platform when you're falling back five feet. So. And I think the angry video game nerd even went off about that, so it, 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 watching him gripe off gripe about something kind of adds to my, uh, my gripes, too. So uh, I have to agree, um, although, you know, to be fair, I don't really have very many gripes at all about this game because it's great and that's one of the things that makes the game so good is that i feel in general this game is fair you know and that's what makes it fun like you know karate kid when you're getting bounced back and forth between two enemies (laughs) that kind of cheap stuff that drives you crazy that doesn't really happen as much in castlevania i mean it is annoying when there's an enemy that seems unavoidable when you get hit back but you got to remember that you could take multiple hits so it kind of balances out so um that i think yeah it's trying to time the Medusa heads or uh, some of the other projectiles like with death, that can be kind of annoying uh, and it does it does add difficulty so I don't like those but I think it helps to keep the game fair and challenging. Right. right. Yeah, one nice thing is at least in, in this game when you get hit you're actually kind of invincible for about three or four seconds so you can get a chance to get out of there you know, say if you're surrounded by enemies so that that's really nice. And yeah, I was going to say uh, I think, uh, Nick, you stole mine. I was going to say, you know, just the fact that when you get hit you get knocked back about five feet uh, and that can be really tricky when you're trying to jump onto platforms, uh, especially like the fish guys in the first yeah. level. I've been knocked off. I've died on the first stage a few times because of that. But uh, I mean, that is such a minor gripe. Oh, so, yeah. so let me ask. Let me ask you this. I mean, just to kind of go. I mean, I think we all agree that this is a great game, so we would consider it a gem. You know? <laughs> um, but let me ask you this: Would you say if you only had five games for the NES, would this make the cut? So, Landon, we'll start with you. I'm gonna say that it would. Again, it it's kind of a, a genre defining game and platforming. Mm, that's true. That's a tough question, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say yeah, and and the biggest reason there are two reasons. One, it's just an awesome game. Two, I've never beaten it. So if I was only stuck with five games, I'd want something that was gonna have some longevity. And to be able to beat this game, I think would take me a long time without save states and without a game genie. <laughs> We're assuming this is the cart, no game genie, no no emulators, right? Okay, okay, right. yeah, yeah, definitely. Because like, I'd even put Contra there, even though I've beaten it without uh, the cheat the cheat code. But then again, I have never beaten it without continues, so I, I can always set the bar higher. And if the same thing with with Castlevania, you know, if if, if I beat it, I can say, well, I'm gonna beat it with better score this time. So yeah, definitely in my top five. Right. You know, uh. And for this, this isn't even a hypothetical question for me because, you know, I often travel back to Ohio to visit family and sometimes I'll bring my handheld NES and I don't want to bring a ton of carts, so I bring like five or something like that. And every time I always bring Castlevania. So really? uh, it's absolutely, yeah, absolutely one of them. Um, just because 
Uh, the music is great. It's fun to listen to. It's fun to play. And it's one that, you know, there's something special about it because Castlevania is really hard. And I don't know anyone who could probably play through it in a single sitting. But because it's fair and it's fun to play through, you don't get sick of it. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've played through the first stage, but I have fun every time I do it. So being on the go, you could you could fire up Castlevania, and even though you have to start back at level one, it's still fun to see how far you can get. Um, so yeah, absolutely one that I bring every time. Nice, nice. I, I would uh, I would definitely say yes. Uh, the Castlevania series is, it's got to be my favorite franchise on the NES. Um, I love the Mega Man series, but I didn't get into that much until much later. Um, I love the Zelda series, uh, but I, I think this this makes the cut. I think this makes the top five for sure. It's one of the best games uh, all around, graphically, musically. It's challenging, but it's not impossible. I feel like if I had a lot more time I, to dedicate to it, I could do it, you know, and, and, and timing the enemies and everything. I could beat it again. Um, this definitely makes the cut, so this is a fantastic game, and we were so excited to review this, and I, I think it's a, uh, one of the best games on the NES. Uh, and as a matter of fact, we got some feedback on it. Uh, as a matter of fact, I will read uh, email. So this is from our buddy James Grusin from Access Gaming Podcast. Happy Retrotastic B-Day, Rancho Junkies. You've managed to stay as one of my favorite podcasts. It's one of the most fun, humorous, and whimsical, and I mean that in a good way, not a lame Peter Pan way. <laughs> Show's going on. I still remember that TMNT3 poster when y'all went back in a time, and of course the adventure we all had with Crystal Lake and the dang death curse. <laughs> that was a great episode. Uh, we really enjoyed having you on the show, man. Uh, I think that was episode 10. Um, both of you guys rock and roll. Uh, may you all have many more years of retrocity. Castlevania, where can I possibly begin? As a young gruesome, my uncle introduced me to the classic Universal Monster films, and it started a lifelong love of horror. Castlevania was a game that treaded on rather familiar territory. Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, mummies, fishmen, and so many other fantastical creatures were all before me to be slain. It was never really scary to me, Rob, it's okay if you were, but it did have a uh, ominous tone. Uh, great music, awesome enemies, and tough gameplay make this game that will always stake with me. Oh, he, that was a joke I'd tell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a true classic um, that produced many sequels and follow-ups that are also many favorites of mine. And I also hate the uh, Medusa heads, one of the worst enemies ever, <laughs> from James Gruesome. So thanks a lot for writing in, man. Uh, hang on a sec, guys. Someone's at the door. Yeah. yeah. Who do you think it is? I don't know. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's William. I didn't order anything. Could be Logan again. You know, he said he was going to come back after the Genesis Gems last week. Uh, I don't know if that hoser's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope it's not Freddy again. All right, well, thank yeah. You. Oh, sorry about that, guys. Uh, I just got a package. Uh, there's no return address. Maybe you should open it. You sure, man? Remember what happened to you guys last time? Yeah, Rob. I know you don't want to see Turtles 3 signs again. True, but still. You know, maybe William sent me a few more Sega games. I'm going for it, dudes. What in the world? What's in it? It looks like a whip. And a note. This will make you stronger than ever. Simon. That's weird. Yeah, who's Simon? I have no idea. I don't think it's mine. Oh, no. I bet it's my crazy neighbor's box. Oh, the one that was making all that noise earlier? Yeah, there, there's something about him, man. He just moved into the old hill house last week, but 
I still haven't seen him yet. But, I don't know. There's some weird stuff going on there, guys. The other day when the movers came, I saw them hauling something. What was it? I don't know, man. It could have been my bad eyesight, but I swear it looked like a coffin. Yikes. Well, heck, let's get this over with. Hang on a sec, guys. I'm just going to drop this off real quick and head back. Simon, a whip, a coffin? Wait, Rob! Man, this is one creepy place. I'm just going to leave this at the door and get the heck out of here. Good morning. Whoa! Please. Oh, my scythe. I'm so sorry. I'm just about to cut the grass. Our mower's on the fritz again. Oh, okay. Uh, I uh, have a package that I think is yours. Oh, I see. Well, that's very kind of you. I'm sure it's my master's. I'd let you in myself, but I'm terribly dirty. Frankie will show you to our master's quarters. Oh, Frankie. Whoa! Uh, uh, hi, uh, I've got a package here for your, uh, master? You okay? Yeah, I just ate pork chop. I found him low. Oh. Come on in. Master is upstairs. Now, if you excuse me, um, need vacuum. Yeah, that's it. Okay, uh, thanks. Man, I'm glad there aren't any Medusa heads around here. Well, this must be it. Come in! It is a coffin! Morning, brother. I was getting my tan on before I run wild all over the weight room. The name's Hulkula, brother. Hulkula? Okay, um... I, uh, have a package for you. Oh! My resistance band! Thanks, brother! Wait, it's just a resistance band? That's right, brother! My cousin custom made it for these 26-inch pythons! Now let me tell you something, brother! What you gonna do when Hulkula Mania runs wild on you? Well... I'll tell you what you're gonna do, brother! You're gonna crank Hulkula's radio to 11 and watch him curl 250 pounds with one arm, brother! You got it, Hulkula. Oh. Hey guys, sorry about that. Man, Rob, you smell like tanning lotion and slim jeans. What happened? <laughs> Man, I wouldn't even know where to start. Let's just finish this up. Alright guys, I guess that's it for our Castlevania episode. So, um... If you want to check out our website, it's www.theretrojunkies.com. Also, check out our Twitter page, at Retro underscore Junkies. Check us out on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash The Retro Junkies Super Show. And check out our friends and our fellow podcasters on the Retro Junkies Network on iTunes and Podomatic.com. Well, all right, guys. Well, um, after working out with uh, Hulkula, I'm a little exhausted, so I think we're going to call it a day. But we wish you all a good day. Talk in a couple weeks. Bye, brother. <laughs> <laughs>
Party on, Rob. Party on. <laughs> Party on, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Right. Take off your hosers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do this. Okay. I will take us in. Let me uh, get a swig of my monster drink here. <laughs> is that a large drink or is that a monster drink? <laughs> it is a monster brand drink. As a matter of fact, it's a Call of Duty Ghost monster brand. Oh, man. Ooh. Zero calories. <laughs> it's like on Dumb and Dumber. He's like, big golpe. Eh? Well, <laughs> see you later. Welcome to Genesis Flakes. I mean, <laughs> junkies. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess it's uh, time to get into the retro games we're playing. No, 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 it's not. I should shut up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Rob, won't you yeah, just shut up? Real. Yeah, super yeah. real. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, uh, hey, so somebody else say something. I guy keeps growing up. Rob, shut know. up. <laughs> <laughs> my, my son just got mad at me because we're not allowed to say shut up here. <laughs> oh, <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looked at me when I said that with his fist raised back. I was like, Oops. <laughs> dude, that was awesome. Oh, I think your balls are running. No, no, no. <laughs> Too much coffee. Monster drink. Oh, real quick, can we change the line? Sure. In the skit? Yeah, oh, what's Frankie, up? Frankie says, uh, yeah, I just ate six uh, bean burritos. Uh -huh. can, can you say I just ate a pork chop I found in something? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's way more that's, relevant. That's yeah, awesome. that's too bad. Forget about it. Get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> Man, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> nice. You know, honestly, we're, 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 we're improv. I, I didn't catch that. I thought we were just chatting. <laughs> oh, yeah, I need some more coffee. Well, that was good improv. All right, sorry. Yikes. Sorry. <laughs> I go casually. Yikes. Yikes. Good morning. <laughs> I love it. Sorry. Was that Yoda? <laughs> Morning's good. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I just ate pork chop I found in Wall. Come in. It is a. <laughs> Dang it. Before I run wild all over the weight room. The name's Hulkula, brother. Oh my god, that was great. <laughs> I had to mute myself. I'll tell you what, you're gonna do, brother. Oh, <laughs> uh, let me redo that. That was horrible. It's like all kind of speech impediment. Wow, 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 wow. The Adventures yeah. of Hulkula. It's just him hanging out in a castle working out. <laughs>